What's up, Blessed Nation? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Blessed for Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. As always, if there's anything that you do like from this show today, anything you hear that sticks with you, uh, go ahead and take a screenshot, post that on LinkedIn, post it on Instagram, mention me at Blessed for Success PC so I can share that with the rest of the world and with the rest of the Blessed Nation. My guest today is someone whose life mission is to help others. He discovered this when in 2017 he was let go from his job and decided to start chasing his dreams. Whether it be through writing articles or the stories he is sharing as the host of the Vulnerable podcast, he looks to help others face and overcome their own challenges. He also founded the company Find and Fix, looking to help retailers keep a better eye on their signage. If you ask him, all of this was due to sound advice from his wife and close friends and having a just start mentality. He's a great talent of a writer and was awesome to have a conversation with. Introducing Brian Almeida. I'm gonna show you how great I am. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. You're listening to the Blessed for Success podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the Blessed for Success no. podcast today, and, and I'm very appreciative of it. No, thank, thank you for having me on. I, I haven't done a podcast interview in quite some time, and I'm excited to get back into it. Obviously, with my own podcast starting and everything, it's uh, I've been more focused on you know, doing inter- or, or having people interviewed, <laughs> yeah. not so much on me being interviewed. So I, I was pretty happy when you reached out, and um, yeah, this will be the first one in like over a year. So I'm excited to, uh, to, get, to, to get back to doing this again. I'm super excited for this one, honestly, Um, just because of kind of some stories that you and I can both share and um, it's going to be great. Uh, So how I like to start, uh, which is how I start every episode is at this moment in time today, what are the things that make you feel blessed? Uh, To be honest with you, it's pretty much just my my life in general right now. you know, about a a couple of years ago when, uh, I guess it was almost three years ago now, Jesus, time flies, <laughs> but almost three years ago now, uh, when I when I got let go from my job, I thought it was the end of the world, um, didn't know where I was going to go next, didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, it took a couple of months to just sort of, you know, figure myself out, look back at, you know, or look at what I wanted to do, things that I was interested in and so on. Got in this social media journey, networking uh, events, did all these things and just went like full force on like, you know, creating a new Brian and like figuring out who Brian was. In that journey, I, I tended to forget about a lot of other things, um, mainly my marriage. <laughs> and uh, that caused a little bit of turmoil. And, and, and but uh, when I recognized what was going on and decided, OK, I need to sort of put my focus back there and figure things out there and fix things there. Um, things are a lot better. So like I said, that's why I say life in general. My marriage is great. Uh, like I, we just said before we started here, I'm expecting my first child, which is amazing. You know, I'm finding way more alignment in my life. Um, my podcast has been going really good. I mean, I only started October 1st of last year and, you know, I've interviewed over 30 people and it's just, yeah, it's, it's teaching me a lot. And so, yeah, just life in general right now is pretty, uh, feeling pretty blessed. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you mentioned, you mentioned a lot of things there that um, I do want to cover throughout the episode, but I actually want to, want to go back. I want to go back um, to when you were, were a kid um, and understand the type of person you were growing up 
Um, I know you wrote, you've written about this, you've written an article about it, but just tell me how you were in school, um, what kind of kid you were, how you felt growing up. Um, I'd like to know that, that Brian first. <laughs> well, I mean, my mom says when I was like two years old, I used to walk up to random people in the mall and ask them to come to my birthday party. So I've always been pretty social, very talkative, um, very outgoing. Uh, you know, but school for me was a funny thing because, like I said, I was social, you know, I had friends and all that kind of stuff, but um, I never really excelled in school. Like, I remember getting into like middle school, into high school, and it was just sort of teachers were like, Well, you know, Brian's smart, but he doesn't put in the effort, and if you put in the effort, he'd get better marks. And I was just like, But I don't really enjoy science and this and that. So, if I didn't enjoy it, I didn't really focus or, or try and focus too much on it you know, courses like marketing or even English where we had to write essays and stuff like that. I excelled in, I, I did really well in because I had an interest in it or there was something about it that just, you know, I, I found joy in. Um, and yeah, so I mean, you know, growing up there, there was the bullying and stuff too. I mean, I, as much as I was social, I always found that, um, I had to try and make myself fit in, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, when I was younger, I had a core group of friends up until about middle school. And then, um, when high school hit, I found every year of high school, I was literally changing the person I was, whether it was how I dressed, the music that I listened to, um, whatever it might be to sort of fit in with a, a, a clique or a group of friends or, so that I could, you know, feel like I had friends. Um, and every year, literally, it was like grade nine, it was one style of clothing and one style of music. Grade 10, it was different, 11, 12. And then when I finally hit college is when I was like, okay, I just got to be me and and hope people accept that. Mm -hmm. I can I can relate to that on on so many levels and when I was reading through it I was like wow this is this is me like I uh you know in elementary school always trying to fit in always I was a very talkative person I've always been a very, you know very social um person I thought back then but then what would happen is slowly but surely with um you know the bullying and you know people putting you down and not fitting in with any particular group of friends, like almost hopping between friend group and friend group, like not knowing where you fit in, um, started to lose that, you know, started to lose that um, social aspect of me. And then just tried to be a people pleaser, you know, tried to please everybody. And um, again, same as you until I got to university, did I stop really trying to be that person that everybody liked and everybody wanted to be friends with. And, um, you know, that was the culmination of me, me trying to be that person was from all the years of, of bullying and, and built up, uh, you know, just people putting you down and stuff. So it's so interesting that you mentioned very similar story. <laughs> no, definitely. And, and I think that, you know, for most of us, we've had some somewhat of this happen at some point in our life. And it's just the good thing is, is that, at least for some of us and you, you, you included obviously after sharing your story is that we've been able to find a way out of it and figure out who we are. Um, because I, I, there's some people that don't, I mean, let's be honest, there's some people that don't make it through that. There's some people that it, it affects a lot more than, than the rest of us. So, I mean, we just gotta be, I guess, happy and feel blessed that we were able to make it out. Yeah. I definitely, definitely feel, uh, feel blessed for that every day. And now you're, you're a dream chaser. Um, that's kind <laughs> of, that's, that's part of your title. And, and I'd like to know where that came from. Well, essentially, like I said, when, uh, when I started telling my story at the beginning of the episode there, um, you know, it's only happened in the last few years of my life, you know, for, for, you know, up from about, I guess, 17, when I first started working 
up until I was 31, I spent all those years in sales. So about 17 to, or sorry, 13 to 14 years, um, just strictly in sales. I started in cell phones. Um, then I went to, from cell phones, I think it was to cars, to shoes, to mattresses, to all these different things. Um, and my identity was, was tied to that. It was, I was Brian, the sales guy, and that's all I thought I was ever going to do. When I got let go from that job, like I said, in 2017, it sort of hit me with this realization that maybe there's a reason that that happened. You know, maybe there's a reason that I'm not supposed to be in sales. Maybe it's not really what I want to do, but I hadn't ever given that thought because again, from that age of 17 to 30, that was my identity. And it was something I was good at. I, I could sell pretty much anything. Like I said, I just listed off, you know, four or five different industries and there's probably three more. Um, and so, yeah, so it was just, you know, starting to ask myself like, well, who's Brian and what does he want? And, you know, I started posting, uh, publishing articles on LinkedIn. I started doing a, a writing um, challenge on Medium. And all of a sudden I found like, okay, I used to enjoy writing. Why haven't I done it for all these years? And so I started to write more and found the enjoyment in that. And then that brought me sort of, a, I guess, an online presence, you'd say. I don't know how you want to put it, but I just, it just sort of brought some attention. And then from there, I was going to networking events and meeting more people. Then I decided, you know, I want to do speaking. And so I started looking for speaking opportunities and was given some by some of our mutual friends, uh, Manu Goswami or Swish, as some, most people know him, gave me one of my first big opportunities. Um, and yeah, and it was just sort of like, okay, well, these are things that I feel enjoyment for. So why don't I try and go after them some more? And so, yeah, it was just that thing of, you know, these at one point in my life, maybe just seemed like dreams and now I'm going after them. And so I just decided to put it out there. I, I decided to tell everybody, you know, I'm a dream chaser, um, you know, and it, it stuck <laughs> that and this yeah. whole thing of just start um, that I was talking a lot about in 2018 just seemed to st stick. People just seemed to reach out and they wanted to know more and, and yeah, and it just, you know, now it's just, I guess, how people know me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you've spoken into existence, right? And now you're really going full force in all aspects of your life. Like you said, you're very blessed for life in general and everything has kind of improved since you've had that realization. Um, I want to know a bit more about kind of just the process that you went through, like you took that time to say, who is Brian and what does he want? Is there like a, a very particular process that you went through to um, kind of reflect on those questions or was it just kind of a, you know, stop of the moment realization? No. So, I mean, when I got let go from my job, I signed up for unemployment and uh, the first two months of unemployment, I literally did nothing. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to lie to your listeners and be like, yeah, I know I you know, did this. I did nothing. I, I pretty much vegged on uh, Netflix and just chilled at home and, and did nothing. And that was also some advice from my wife. It was like, just take some time. Like, you know, you've been going at it for 17 years now or 13 years. Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying 17, but you've been going at it for 13 years. It's just sort of like focused on the same thing. You haven't really taken much time for yourself. Just take some time. And then, you know, it was just getting into conversations with people, um, you know, meeting people through LinkedIn, getting on phone calls. And one of the biggest, um, I guess, people that had an effect on my life was a gentleman by the name of Eric Eklund. I met him through LinkedIn. He's all the way out in Belgium. Belgium. I think he's somewhere else now, but when I met him, he was in Belgium. Uh, and uh, and literally, uh, you know, he's like, let's hop on a call. And we got on a call and he just had this really high energy and, and just started asking questions that nobody had ever asked. Like, And the biggest one for me was, what did you enjoy doing? Because it wasn't, you know, I'd never thought about like, 
before I had always thought about, you know, the future and like what's going on now and like, how do I get to where I want to go, which at that point in my life was, you know, titles and money and stuff like that. And he said, what did you enjoy? And I never thought back. And so when I started to think back about what I used to enjoy when I was younger, it was things like writing. I used to write poetry. Um, I used to just enjoy writing in general, like I said, in school, whether it was college, high school, whatever. If I had to write an essay, I'd be the first person done writing an essay, even if it was right there in class, and I'd get one of the highest marks. Just something for me, as soon as an idea started to flow, just the words came out. I mean, he challenged me to write 300 words in a week, and I wrote 1,500 words in an hour when I sat down on my computer for the first time. And I was like, wow, this is something I enjoyed doing. And so I, when I realized that, I just started to do more of that. Um, and the biggest thing for me, I think, and, and that I would tell people is just start doing things like stop thinking about it so much. Like, you know, like you're asking if there was sort of a plan or there was like, you know, whatever. It was more just getting uncomfortable doing things that I hadn't thought about doing and just experimenting and just letting myself do that for a little while. Like I said, you know, networking events, sure, I'd maybe attended a handful over the, you know, 15 or years or whatever before before the last couple of years. But in that, you know, year or so after I got um, let go from my job, I was going to them like almost monthly and just meeting more people. And like I said, I was putting content out on social media, which is something I never done. I was one of those people that just sort of scrolled through it and watched other people's content and, you know, or, or on Facebook, just watched funny videos, never really thought about producing any of my own. And so it was just this thing of experimenting is just trying new things, trying different things and just seeing what felt good. And that was one of the keys for me is like, what feels good? Like, you know, stop focusing on, you know, to do things to, like I said, make a paycheck or to, you know, reach a certain title or whatever it is. It was just do it because it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always tell people like advice will only take you so far, but action will take you the distance. Like everyone's going around asking for advice. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but you know, people will tell you their version, right? And advice is good to the point, but you have to take everything with a grain of salt at the end of the day. And, um, you know, with that being said, you need to kind of empower yourself to take action and, and just try things, just try things, see, see where the chips may fall. I remember it's so funny, man, just the things you're talking about, (laughs) they like, they trigger like these old memories for me because, you know, you used to write poetry and, um, I used to go to bed at night and songwrite. Um, and I was big into hip hop back then. So, you know, they wouldn't be the cleanest forms of writing, (laughs) you know, uh, at that time. Um, but you know, I was uh, in high school and, and, you know, um, obviously, uh, you know, when you're in high school, there's a lot of girls and and all these things that you'd write, uh, you know, different pieces for, for different people. Um, and you know, I miss that. So, you know, trying to get back on LinkedIn, write more, use those writing chops. Um, so it's crazy that you mentioned that. And, and I think that's a really good way to go about it is what did you enjoy doing, whether it was as a kid in middle school and high school that, you know, with all the responsibility of life coming afterwards that bogged you down and pulled you away from it. You know, one of the things that I used to do a lot was dance and I want to get back to it. So I love, I love, love, love that you said that. No, for um, sure. And yeah. just sorry, just to add on to what you said in terms of taking action, that was that thing I alluded to with the whole just start. Like people get to know me as a just start guy because I think that's the key is like stop thinking so much about it. Stop overthinking it. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I've overthought a lot of stuff over the last year, but I'm getting back into this whole attitude of just start because at the end of the day, like you can think about failing. You can think about whether you're going to be good at something or not, whether you're going to like it or not. But until you actually start doing it, 
you're not going to know. It's all just assumptions and things that you're making up in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, you did just start. I mean, after you were laid <laughs> off, you were laid off your uh, job, obviously. And, you know, you, you went through that process of finding out what you wanted to do and, and what was next and ended up starting your own company, uh, Find and Fix. Uh, and I'd love to know kind of how you took that leap of faith and uh, what ensued afterwards. So, I mean, for me, um, Find and Fix was essentially um, me trying to become an entrepreneur. Um, you know, it was an industry that I knew something about. I had spent a few years in uh, the signage and lighting maintenance industry, which most people don't know anything about. But, you know, I did pretty well. And I was like, well, I know something about this. So let me take my shot at, at starting my own company and starting a business. Um, what I didn't realize is how difficult that is. <laughs> um, I, you know, I started on my own, brought on a partner. Uh, the partner that I brought on wasn't exactly the right fit, but it took me almost a year to recognize that. Um, just, you know, me as a person, you know, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt and not that this person was a bad person or anything like that, but you know, he, he wasn't this, he didn't have the same drive as I did. And it was hard for me to, you know, try and do this business on my own and, and with a partner that wasn't try like, you know, the, wasn't providing the accountability or wasn't, you know, just trying to do as much, you know, I was out there chasing leads. I was out there trying to you know, get other things going, going to these events, introducing myself to people, going to pitching events, doing all these different things. And I mean, at the end of the day, it was my business. So I mean, I've kind of got to do that. But at the same time, you would hope that if you're going to give somebody a partnership in your business, they're going to be just as involved or interested. Um, so again, about a year in, I was like, this isn't working. Um, so we, we, we sort of parted ways. And the other thing that wasn't working was the company I started, you know, I decided to build an app thinking that that was the way to go about my business and then realized very quickly that apps are a, they're expensive. Um, they take a long time to promote and get out there into the world. And then on top of that, it takes a long time for people to latch onto them. Um, so after about a year of, you know, development, trying to get the word out there, trying to, you know, pitch different clients and stuff like that. I was like, this isn't going to work. Um, this app is not the way to go, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it was one of those things where, you know, yeah, I just started and I went after it and, you know, I learned a ton. Like at the end of the day, one of the things that really sticks out for me is a saying that there's no such thing as failure. There's only learning. And that's pretty much what I did. Yeah. The business didn't go where I thought it would. Yeah. I spend money that, you know, now I can't really recruit. Well, I might recuperate eventually, but <laughs> I haven't recuperated yet. But the point is, is you know, I, I started it. Uh, I took a year and, and tried to learn from it and I did. And now in last year, probably about midway through last year, um, we decided to completely pivot the idea. Now we're doing something a little bit different and you know, it's still, there's no like money coming in. Um, you know, we're still trying to get those first couple of clients on, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it's, that's a business. I mean, if you think you're going to start a business and be successful in the first six months, uh, I mean, if you're lucky, maybe, but for the most of us, it's not going to happen. You're, you're probably looking at, you know, somewhere between two and five years before you start to, you know, see success or whatever you want to call it or, or see some sort of revenue. So, um, you know, I mean, we're getting ourselves in front of, you know, some large clientele, like national size clientele, but nobody's, uh, you know, bit yet. But again, at the end of the day, like I'll keep going at it for, you know, at least another year or so and see what happens and then we'll go from there. But yeah, it was, is essentially just me, you know, entrepreneurship is something I've always thought about doing. Um, and it was just me, you know, going for it and seeing what I could make happen. Mm. And that's, that's always highly admirable, right? Like people don't, not everyone realizes just how hard it can be to chase, um, kind of running your own business and, and 
and going through that process. I mean, that's the, that's the post I put up on LinkedIn. I saw that <laughs> two days ago where it's just like, I've tried everything in the book and, um, you know, for me now it's become, okay, kind of what you said, can you go back to what are the things that you enjoy? What are the things you do? And, you know, this is one of the things that I love doing, um, just chatting with people and uncovering their stories, uncovering lessons from it. And, um, I think if you can do certain things like as in just do things that you love doing, then naturally the money will come and, and that kind of happens over time. Um, and then, you know, you started Find and Fix and you're very open about this. Obviously when, when you were laid off from your job, you said your wife was very encouraging and um, really helped, you know, push you, propel you forward. And then with the troubles of Find and Fix and just with the, with the business and the turmoil that you were going through um, that put, you know, a degree of tension on your marriage and you're very open about that on social media. Um, and I'd, and I'd really love to know more about this and know how, you know, you came to that realization and then how you kind of went from there to build out a solution, um, to really, you know, make it right. Yeah. So, I mean, it really, it, it wasn't so much find and fix, I guess that, that causes a lot of the, the issues. It was more just the fact that like I was living my best life <laughs> while my wife was going to work nine to five. And a lot of times her job was more than nine to five. You know, she, she, she was working more hours at home and she was just, she was hustling. She was working hard. She was, you know, and I, unemployment, you don't make a whole lot of money. <laughs> so yeah. if anybody thinks that, you know, okay, I'm going to get fired tomorrow, go on unemployment and I'm going to, you know, figure my life out and, and, and everything's going to be okay. It's, it's, it's not all it's, uh, you know, what people might make it seem, you know, it's, it's, it helps, but it's definitely not, you know, the, it's not like getting a regular paycheck. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, you know, I was on unemployment. I was out there living my best life. Like I said, I was going to these networking events you know, I was going out after the networking events. There was, you know, some nights where, you know, I was coming home at like one, two o'clock in the morning. It was like, you know, I was trying to relive, you know, my twenties or something like that. <laughs> um, and when you're, you know, in your thirties and you're married and you, you know, and you're not, you have to realize there's another person there. And, um, you know, for me, like I said, it was just me trying to focus on Brian and figure out who Brian was. And I just sort of forgot about everything else that was going on around me. And, you know, not that I forgot my wife, obviously, but it was just, I wasn't, putting the attention and everything that I needed to put in there. Um, you know, and, and also being, I guess, you know, grateful would be the word or, or showing gratitude to her for what she was doing. It was just sort of like, you know, she's working, so I'm going to go do, you know, my thing. Um, and you know, for, for me, I think the biggest key to, you know, or the solution, however you want to put it, but the biggest key to us getting to a better place was communication. Um, one thing I think a lot of us have a hard time with is communication nowadays but with texting with emails with dming with all these other things other ways to communicate we, we just tend to rely on on those and and i've been you know known for it in the past where you know if there was something i wanted to, to tell my wife that i should have just said in person i sent her an email um you know and and i think a lot of us do that i think like i said a lot of us have a hard time communicating a lot of the harder stuff and so we just tend to find another way to do it that might not be the best way um, so for her and I, you know, it was, we just started communicating more. Um, I had a coach that I had met with for a coffee and he sort of asked me a question of like, you know, if, if, you know, your business were to fail tomorrow, if everything else were to fall apart and, you know, and all that were to go away, what would be the, like the one thing that would be most important to you? And I said, my wife, and he's like, so then how come you're focused so much on your business and your personal brand and your this and your that, if the only thing you'd actually care about losing would be your wife? And it was sort of, I, I was just eye-opening for me. I was like, yeah, he's right. And I remember that night I came home, 
um, my wife was, I think, doing something and I was just like, come with me. And I literally, we got in the car, we drove up the street from our house and we just sat in my car for like two hours or more and just put it all out on the table. She told me how she felt while I was on this journey of mine trying to figure out who Brian was. You know, I told her my feelings. We were like very, just very, very open, put it all on the table and sort of ended the conversation saying, you know, what do you want to do? Like, if we want to stay together, then we'll fix this. If not, then, you know, we'll go from there. And, and obviously, you know, <laughs> we decided on staying together because um, we're still together. And, and like I said, much happier now. And yeah, we just, from there, it's just been a, like communication has been it. I mean, the other things, like I said in there, you know, briefly or, or went over, it was gratitude. Uh, you know, I made a much better effort at showing her a lot more gratitude on a daily basis or, you know, at least, you know, every other day, you know, whether it was, um, you know, writing letters for her that I would just shove into her laptop. So when she got to work and open her laptop, this letter would fall out just telling her, you know, how happy I was and how thankful I was for her, whether it was surprising her with flowers on the table when she came home, whatever it was, it was just something to show her and tell her that, you know, I appreciate you and everything that you've done for me. And yeah, and that was, you know, pretty much the keys. It was communication and gratitude. If, if I'm being completely honest, those are the two things that I can think about the two major things that helped. Mm, that's, that's so incredible. I'm glad that, um, you know, you were able to find the things, those two things, those com that communication and gratitude and, and, and make it work and, and try to strive towards the solution. I know that for a lot of people, when the going gets hard, it's just like, all right, well, that's it. Like it's, it's too hard, but you know, once you make it, can work on making a hard thing easier, it, it definitely, um, gets better. I'm not, I'm not married, but, um, however I had seen, um, have a lot of friends, um, who, you know, have experienced some sort of similar story and um, they find that it's always even more worth it. Like it's even, it's kind of like when you go from that hardship to working through it and then making it better, it's even better than it was before. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I couldn't agree more. It's it, like I said, we've been together for uh, I think we're 11 years now. <laughs> so wow. I always get confused between like dating and marriage, but I think it's 11 years now that we've, we've been together. And, uh, and I, I've told people recently, like, I feel like our relationship is better now than that uh, phase when you first start dating. I mean, one thing that I think, uh, I think, like I said, I don't know how to put it. I don't know if it's like the social, like the, the social norms or whatever you, however you want to put it. But there's this thing people call like the honeymoon phase and we put titles on like everything, you know, everything out there, there's the honeymoon phase, there's this. There. And so for me, it's like, I think now like all that stuff is just BS that we've been sort of told over and over again, whether it's by our parents, by our friends, by our siblings, by whoever it is. And, and a lot of these things are just things that people tell you, even like there's the, um, the seven year itch that when you hit seven years in a relationship that like, then you start to like debate or wonder whether it's the right relationship for you. And you get like this sort of, you know, feeling about like unease or whatever. And I, again, I think these are just things that people have said for so long that we just start to believe them. But if I'm being completely honest, I think my marriage and our relationship is better now than it was at the beginning. Like I said, I think that honeymoon phase or whatever you want to call it, I think we're like way better than that. And, and it feels better than that. So again, I don't know. That's just something that I've noticed is that, you know, people tell you these things and you tend to believe them. But now I'm finding out that a lot of it's just, like I said, it's BS that people feed you. <laughs> I love that, man. You got to break, you got to break social constructs. Like these are made by people just, you know, on randomly, like there are some things I'm discovering now. Um, just like how, where the origin of certain terms or the origin of certain practices take place. And it's just like the wildest thing. 
Um, and you know, this, these are one of them, like, where did honeymoon phase come from? Where did seven year itch, um, you know, come from? <laughs> I don't even know. Like no one knows. And so, um, you know, I love that you said that. I love that, um, you know, it's better now than, than it's ever been before. Um, and obviously, you know, you're, you're running your business, you're, you're posting a lot on LinkedIn, um, or you have, uh, previously. And, uh, a lot of people were messaging you about once you started you know, getting up on your feet, a lot of people started messaging you about, you know, being inspirational and being motivated and, and being inspired. And I love that because, uh, you know, on my journey, I'm getting a similar thing. Um, but at the same time, one thing that you went through and one thing that like, I'm, I'm just trying to like put my hand out and trying to stop is that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'd love to know just how you dealt with that because, you know, that is something that I'm trying to deal with as well. Um, you know, I feel like I have messages to share and other people's messages that I want to help them share. Um, and just trying to battle that imposter syndrome of like, wow, I'm not, I don't really have, you know, like decades of experience under my belt. I don't have like a specialized degree in anything, um, per se. So, you know, how'd you deal with that? Well, to be completely honest, I'm still sort of dealing with it. Um, you know, I, I haven't fully got over it. That's why like before we hopped on this uh, call, I said to you, you know, like I, I'm looking at starting to put out content again, but uh, I haven't done anything yet. And and part of it, I think, is just um, something I've heard a lot recently and seen a lot recently through people that I follow, people that I've talked to, um, coaches or, or people that I've interviewed is that we we unfortunately we worry a lot about the opinions of other people you know, there's all that negative self-talk that goes on in our head. And we, we worry about like, is this person going to like what I put out? Is this person not going to like it? We're, we're, we're so consumed by all these things that may never happen. That's why like a few minutes ago when I talked about just start, that's why I'm trying to get back to that attitude I did with my podcast. And now I'm trying to get back to it with content because at the end of the day, until you start, all those are just assumptions. They're all just things that you're, you're, you're thinking in your head, but none of them are necessarily true. In fact, probably like there, there's probably zero truth behind them. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, the way it, it sort of hit me, it was just because what, what, what ended up happening was that I was putting out content, telling a story. And then there was this other stuff in the background, like my marriage and things that were going on. And, and it got to a point where the content I was putting out wasn't necessarily um, 100% me or 100% the truth. And it, it became more about the, the metrics. You know, I, one of the last posts that I did before I sort of, you know, disappeared from social um, I was, uh, working with a, a company and I put out a post to, to try and, you know, say, Hey, I'm here now. And you know, this is, you know, great for me and yada, yada, yada. And within a week it got like 10,000 views and then they reposted it saying, wow, 10,000 views. And I was like, but that wasn't the point, you know, it wasn't the point of how many views that the, the, the video or the content got, it was me trying to sort of say like, you know, this is why I'm, I'm here. This is why I, I like being here. This is, you know, it was just trying to, you know, give people some, I guess, hope that, you know, if you think that one thing is right for you at one point, and then maybe it doesn't feel right for you at the next, that it may come back. Like it's hard to, you know, explain, I guess. But anyways, the point was, is like, it wasn't to get the views. And so when that happened, it sort of hit me. I'm like, what am I doing this for? Like, am I doing it because I actually want to help people, which was my goal when I started, or am I doing it now because I want to build a bigger network and, you know, get more views and more likes and more of this and more of that. And so when I realized that, that's when I stepped away. And like I said, what I've done now over the past year and a bit is just really tried to figure out, like, what is my message? What is it that I want to put out there? How do I want to help people rather than just saying I want to help people? Because that's just sort of very, 
um, you know, uh, it's a very big picture. I mean, you can help people with pretty much anything, right? So I'm trying to figure out now how it is that I want to help people and how I can use my story and the things that have happened to me over the last, you know, two to three years to, to help people avoid maybe some of the mistakes and the pitfalls that I've had. And what I've realized now is that like, it's more about fulfillment rather than success. Um, you know, for me, for years, it was, like I said, trying to chase money and titles and stuff like that. And so my definition of success was like most people's is like, you know, get a bigger house, a nicer car, make more money, so on and so forth. And what I realized in the last few years of trying to, of doing those things that, you know, I enjoy doing, like I said, the things that make me feel good, it's, that's fulfillment. It's, you need to have that first. And like you said before, once you have that, that's when you're going to start seeing things work and that's when you're going to start seeing money and all that kind of stuff. So it's almost like a secondary to it. Hey there, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. If you are enjoying what you hear, I would really appreciate it if you could head on over to iTunes for a quick minute, leave a five-star review, and tell us what you like about the show. We want this Plus for Success message to catch fire, and the only way that is possible is with your help and support. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get back to the show. I'm, I think I'm starting to think that you and I are the same person. Just, <laughs> I'm maybe bald in 10 years and, you know, the goatee going on. So maybe that's me in a while. But like, seriously, I tell anybody that comes to me looking for, hey, you know, I'm just trying to be happy or um, to figure out happiness. And I'm like, happiness is not the goal. Fulfillment is the goal. Mm -hmm. Happiness becomes a byproduct of fulfillment. Because if you look to be happy all the time, you're actually never going to be happy because you're not going to know what sad feels like. Or you're yeah. not going to know what, you know, sorrow and, and grief and all those things. You're not going to know what those feel like if you're constantly just trying to be in a state of happiness. Um, fulfillment is what helps drive long-term purpose, long-term, you know, sustainability in life um, is what I feel is if you can get yourself to a point of fulfillment. And much like you, like, you know, I'm constantly trying to figure out how I'm constantly trying to figure out, okay, um, you know, what are the mediums or what are the vehicles or what are the tools, the strategies that the, um, you know, how am I going to deploy not just my message, um, but kind of the overarching message that I want to share of, you know, the people on this podcast and, um, you know, really what is my end goal here? And when I started this, you know, I'm still not really sure what the end goal is but i know that like you say right just start like if you start i think if you start you actually naturally start to find your direction over time mm -hmm. versus you just not starting and being like okay i just got to think it through i got to prepare i got to put it all <laughs> together and then once it's all together i'll know and then it'll it'll be ready to go you know what i mean 100 110% i mean before i started my podcast i was literally like oh i don't know what equipment to buy i don't know what the format of my podcast is going to be i don't know like who i'm going to have on is anybody going to want to even come on like i had all these questions and it was actually my wife funny enough who sort of brought back that whole just start thing to me she, we were we were at home and she's like just start She's like, stop thinking about it so much and just start. Like, you'll figure it out. I'm sure you will. And, you know, I reached out to a couple of friends who have podcasts, a uh, buddy of mine, Sam Demma, who I'm yes, sure you know from yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, I reached out to him. Actions. I'm like, buddy, like, can we go for a coffee or something? And, like, we went out for a coffee. We, I think we ended up hanging out for, like, two hours. And he just sort of, like, gave me a ton of tips and stuff like that. And then I signed up for this um, 
this guy online, he has like a podcast about starting a podcast and he has this 20 email program where you put in your email and he'll send you emails one day, one a day, Monday to Friday for 20 days. And each day is like a different activity to get your podcast going. And it literally was the best thing I've ever done because every day was like, day one was like, what's the title of your podcast? Day two was like, what's the theme of your podcast? Day three was, you know, what good equipment to buy? And, and like the mic that I have was literally the suggestion that he gave. And I went on Amazon and I was like, typed it in, bought it, got it shipped to my house. And then the next day was like, how do you want to format it? What are the questions? And it literally gave me a step-by-step to sort of get me that that blueprint or whatever you the foundation to get started. And then I started and that other worry of mine of like guests, I was like, I think within the first week I had like 10 people that booked an interview and then it was like another five or six. And then I took a break during Christmas and then now it's, I've got another probably five or six in the last two days. And so I'm up to like 35, 36 different interviews. I've only released like 19. I've got another three months of content (laughs) and it's just sitting there. Right. And, And so it's like, like you said, you know, when we think about all these things and like what could go wrong or, or how to do it or whatever. And then you start and you find out all those things were just, you know, in your head, they were things you were making up and things that were stopping you from doing something you wanted to do. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know if you experienced the same thing, but that's just how it happened for me. And, and I think like to your point about, you know, um, figuring it all out, like, yeah, you'll figure it out. I mean, I've been doing mine, like I said, 35 interviews or so. And every single time I do a different one, I do another one. Sorry. Like the questions are changing. The conversation is changing. Yesterday I had two podcasts back to back and you know, one didn't follow the normal format whatsoever. And the next one sort of did, and it was cool. And, you know, and then also I'm realizing, you know, maybe in the future there'll be themes that I can do because I'm hearing things that are, you know, continuing to come up and I'm noticing that different, like different guests have the same thing to talk about. So maybe it's about doing a series later on where, you know, for a week I just focus on this one subject and I have, you know, two or three of my previous guests and maybe some new ones to do that. Those weren't things that I would have thought about even if I had a plan for another year before I started. Right. So I, I completely, I completely agree with what you said. Yeah. And for those listening, just start like just, yeah. Just starts on this, this, uh, I guess he went to my alma mater, alma mater, but reached out to me over LinkedIn yesterday. And he was like, man, I see you posting every day consistently on LinkedIn. Like, and I've been wanting to post for the longest time. I just don't know what to say. I don't know how people will react. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't really know like what I want to put out there. And I'm like, listen, just put something out. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about engagement. Don't worry about reactions. Don't worry about comments, like nothing. Just put it out focus on what your goal is like what are you trying to get from posting like what's the end end goal here um and then the results will just come naturally over time but you just got to be consistent with it and and then he takes my advice and puts that as his linkedin post (laughs) which i was like genius this is genius good start um no that's Awesome. I love that you have that, that sort of mentality, that just start mentality. And it's something that I'm going to definitely try to incorporate more and more um, into my life. Now, you know, I do believe that there are certain points in, in people's lives that really help shape who they are and, and shape kind of the core of their being. Um, I think you losing your job probably is one of them. Um, you know, starting the company is another one. And then uh, obviously, you know, going through that communication and gratitude process with your wife was another. Um, and the last one that I want to touch, touch on is, um, your grandfather did pass away. Um, and you know, um, my condolences for that, um, it was a while back, but, um, 
you know, that really was a shaping moment of your life, um, I believe. And I'd like to know that how that impacted you um, moving, moving on from there. No, 100%. And one thing I, I again, because I haven't put out a lot of content, I haven't put out a lot of articles, but I actually had my grandmother from my dad's side pass away um, just over a year ago as well. And so to this point, you know, the reason I bring that up is because both of them have affected me in, in major ways. And it's funny because uh, working with a coach um, in the last little while, he sort of brought something to my attention that I never recognized. So um, my grandfather's passing was very sudden. And so it was just kind of like a surprise. I had no idea what was going on health wise in his life. I knew he had health issues, but I didn't know how severe they were. And so his passing, you know, he was literally in the hospital. And then by the end of that week, he was not here anymore. And it was like, what happened? Um, and it hit me hard. It was like, you know, I thought about all those things that I think a lot of us think about. We should have spent more time with the person. We should have talked to them more. We should have done all these things that you can't do anymore. And for the first year after his passing, that's pretty much all I focused on and and, and tried to, you know, um, suppress a lot of things by doing other things. So, you know, whatever it was, uh, you know, trying to start a business, trying to do this, whatever. Um, but his inspiration for me was the fact that he was one of the only entrepreneurs in my family. So I saw him as like, I want to be that guy. You know, he had his own businesses, you know, I'm being a kid and, and he'd come and pick us up to take him, take us uh, to his house for the weekend and stay over and he'd drive and pull up in his Lexus. And I was like, I want a Lexus. Like, you know, there was just something about his life and his, his, who he was that I was like, I want to be like him. And so when he passed, there was that inspiration of like, okay, well, you know, life is short. You don't know when you're going to be gone. So start doing the things that you want to do. So I, I was still working at the time, still doing my nine to five, but on the side, in the background, I was trying to start, you know, business. At that point in time, I was trying to do a Tesla limousine business because I love Tesla. And I thought, why not try and start a business where I can drive people around in Teslas rather than having to buy my own because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> and, you know, it was just that first sort of attempt at something. But yeah, he was, you know, a big inspiration for, you know, me trying to become an entrepreneur because like, again, I, I sort of idolized him in that way. Um, and then with my grandmother in the in the last year or so, uh, with her passing, her sort of legacy that she left for me was how important family was to her. My grandmother was happiest when her house was full, when she, you know, could make a, you know, big pot of food and fill everybody's bellies. And, you know, people used to come over and, you know, they'd have a whole bunch of food and they get, you know, like tired or uh, some call it the itis, <laughs> you know, like they just fall asleep. Right. And she was so happy. She's like, your tummy's so full that you're asleep now. And like that just made her like just this, it, she just, it, that was joy for her. And so going back to what I said about working with that coach, he sort of brought to my realization not too long ago that, you know, I, I, I basically taken inspiration from both these people with where I want to move forward in my life. You know, my grandfather being the entrepreneur and me wanting to be an entrepreneur, whether it's fine and fixed, whether it's something I start, you know, in the next two, three months or, or a year or whatever, that part of me is still there. There's still a part of me that wants to be an entrepreneur. I just maybe don't know how it's going to be. Is it going to be fine and fixed? Maybe. Is it going to be in doing a personal brand? Is it going to be my podcast? I have no idea, but I know that there's, there's that part of me that, that still wants to be the entrepreneur. But then there's the part of me that I got from my grandmother, which is, you know, just, you know, using basically letting my heart guide me, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, like the, my grandfather, obviously being an entrepreneur was business driven and not that, you know, he wasn't driven by his heart, but he, you know, that was his sort of mindset with her. It was all about the heart. Like I said, it was all about the people that she loved being around and everything like that. And so I've now realized that 
both of them have had that impact on me and and moving forward what i want to do is is really help people and just you know basically teach people like we talked about that fulfillment is what it's about and fulfillment isn't really to me it's not a mindset it doesn't happen up here it starts here and then when it's it starts in your heart and then you know you use your head to start to figure it out but if you don't if it doesn't feel right in your heart it, it doesn't matter how hard you work at it or whatever it's probably not going to work out at the at the end of the day so i mean I, I hope that answers your question but yeah that's how like sort of both of those passings have impacted who i am and what i want to do moving forward Mm-hmm. No, it definitely does. And, you know, it shows that you've gone through, um, you know, a lot of adversity to get to get to where you are now. And that's, that's highly commendable. And I think um, a lot of that centers around why you why you started the vulnerable podcast. Um, <laughs> and I love that play, play on where, where it's vulnerable, vulnerable. Um, I love that. Can you tell me a bit more about kind of where, I mean, you spoke about it already a few times, but um, kind of what's the core of that podcast now and and where do you want to see it moving forward yeah for me it's it's really it's i think it's sort of similar to where you're going with your podcast and 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 i commend you for that too because i think a lot of us get stuck like i said in these thoughts and these struggles in our life and we think life's over and like it's the end of the world like i said when i lost my job i remember like it'll never it'll probably be you know ingrained in my brain for the rest of my life you know, I remember leaving the office, going out to my car and just falling apart, like tears running down my face. Like, what the hell am I going to do? I've got a mortgage. I've got bills. I got this. You know, my wife's going to like freak out. She's not going to want to be with me anymore. Like, honest to God, like the worst things in the world all came to my head. And I thought, this is the end of the world. Like, I'm done. Like, you know, like nothing's going to get better from here. Um, But that, like you just said a few minutes ago, was actually part of what drove me forward. It was a blessing in disguise. And and so now learning from that struggle is, is and learning from other struggles that I've gone through, whether it's the loss of people, whether it's the, fa- the failure uh, of my business, whether it's, you know, the things that happened in my marriage, what I've been learning is that there's lessons in those struggles. And so for me, the, the vulnerable podcast is literally just sharing these stories of vulnerability and like the lessons that they taught those people, you know, so that people, other people out there can listen and maybe relate and go, yeah, you know what, this happened to me too. And Wow, that's how that person got through it. Maybe I should try that. And right now, the goal for me, um, which I've said on multiple episodes recently, is is really just to impact one listener per episode. That's mm-hmm. all I care about. Sure, I you know, do I eventually want to make money from it or something? Uh, of course. I mean, I don't think any of us do these things to to just you know just for the fun of it. At the end of the day, like that's where it starts and and that's where it should start. But there's definitely plans for the future. I, I'm hoping that it'll lead to speaking. I'm, I've got a, already an idea to, to put a book together um, because of the fact that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are coming up over and over again. There's a lot of themes that are sort of repeating themselves. And I feel like I can just take that and turn it into something that can help more people. So, you know, for me, like I said, the goal right now is help one, one listener, impact one listener per episode. That's it for right now. All these other things over time, will we'll, we'll come together i'm sure but that's the the main goal for the podcast mm-hmm. and i can't can't wait to keep following you on on your journey i hope that book gets made i hope um you know and i know it's gonna all all this is just gonna grow from here and it's just gonna get bigger and better and um and excited to keep i'm excited to keep following the journey and um you know i'll have the listeners up to date as well um on all these things so um i'd like to cap this off with kind of how i always cap off these episodes which is you know at the beginning i asked you what are the things that make you feel blessed um, today? I'll ask you at this moment in time, um, you know, what does success mean to you right now and what will it mean to you moving forward? 
Um, well, I think we hit on it a few minutes ago. Um, you know, for me, it's it's more about finding fulfillment in my life, finding joy in things, and and making sure that I continuously keep those a part of my life. Um, whether it's writing, whether it's the you know the interviewing on the podcast, because like you, I, I like talking to people. That's why I went to all those networking events. Is I I liked getting to know people. I liked helping people. I mean. The other sort of title, I guess, or whatever you want to call it that I have on my LinkedIn is a people connector. I loved going to these events and connecting different people that I knew that could help each other and that, you know, it might, you know, they might work together, whatever the case might be. And, um, and yeah, so for me, success is looking for fulfillment in my life. And one thing, uh, a mutual friend of ours as well, Scott Birdie, um, great mm-hmm. guy, uh, one of my closest friends now, only I met him through LinkedIn, funny enough, only a couple of years ago. And um, one thing that he constantly says, and, and that I truly believe as well, is that happiness equals success and not the other way around. If you're chasing success, if you're chasing, like I said, the money, the cars, the house, the this, the that, and what, how most people define success, you're probably not ever going to find happiness. So it's better to focus on, like we said, fulfillment and happiness first, and then all that will lead to success. So, you know, I, uh, taking his words out of his mouth and putting them on this podcast, happiness equals success. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so great. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. It's been, you know, such a great time. And um, again, I just feel like uh, you and I are very much the same person in a lot of ways. Um, and and that's, that's super cool. Where can people find you, find the podcast, um, you know, follow you on social? Yeah. So for me, um, once I get back to social, most of it will be on LinkedIn. Uh, so you just can search up my name, Brian Almeida. Um, Instagram, I've only got onto in like the last year and a half. I, you know, I mainly just post about my podcast on there right now, but who knows, maybe I'll start putting content out there. Um, aside from that, you know, Facebook don't really do a lot on there, but yeah, mostly LinkedIn and Instagram, I would say. And then the podcast is pretty much on all platforms. Um, based on the data that the, the host tells me most people listen on Spotify or Apple, (laughs) but but aside from that, yeah, you can, you can pretty much find it anywhere by searching vulnerable podcast. Um, yeah. And then if, uh, if you have a hard time finding it that way, use my name and it'll usually pop pop up because I'm the author of it. So sweet. And I'll put all of that in the show notes, Brian, it's been a great time. Um, you know, I hope to do this again and, um, just, just had a lot of fun with it. No, I, I, I had a lot of fun. Like I said, thanks for having me on. This has been the first one in a long time and I'm excited to get back out there and, and sharing more and everything. And, and thank you for having me on and asking the questions that a lot of people might be afraid to ask and getting me to uh, to put it out there some more. So I appreciate you, man. And uh, we'll definitely talk again soon. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. Take care.